2: everyone. Welcome to the Billboard on Broadway podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Milzoff, senior editor at Billboard and musical theater expert here. So for many of us, a love of pop music starts when we're kids and it's the artists we hear and grow to love first that stick with us throughout our lives. And that's certainly true of musical theater, too. I definitely wore out the cast albums of Les Mis, Miss Saigon, and Rent like they were classic Beatles records, for one thing. So for many people I know, the musical Once on this Island was that life-changing show for them. I actually wasn't terribly familiar with it until recently uh, when I heard that this revival was coming to Broadway. Once on this Island was written by one of my favorite songwriting teams, Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty. If you listen to the podcast, you know that they have stopped by once before when their show Anastasia came to Broadway last year. And they also wrote one of my all time favorite musicals, Ragtime. I'll give you a quick idea of the story of Once on this Island. It's about an island in the French Antilles that's divided in two. On one side of the island are the peasants who are dark-skinned and poor uh, and worship four gods who control the earth, water, love, and death. On the other side of the island are the so-called Grand Homes, the lighter-skinned descendants of the island's original French inhabitants and their slaves. Timun, a peasant girl who is the focus of the story, falls in love with one of the Grand when she meets him by accident in a storm, and the story follows her journey to find him again. If it sounds a bit like a fairy tale, that's not entirely an accident. The story definitely has been compared to both Romeo and Juliet and The Little Mermaid before, and with its plucky heroine and beautifully melodic songs, it's not hard to envision it coming to life on a screen somewhere at some point. But in this new production on Broadway, it also feels completely grounded in reality and in the present. The show is performed in the round, so it feels really intimate, up close. And look of it is kind of like an art project come to life, um, placing the story on this unnamed island, clearly after a natural disaster of some sort, maybe a hurricane. It's one of the most inventive and totally delightful shows I've seen in a long time, in large part because the diverse cast is so incredible and because the music and the dance feel so genuinely grounded in Caribbean culture. It's totally refreshing to see on Broadway Uh, So I was really happy to have Lynn Ahrens, along with two of the stars, Tamira Gray and Alex Newell, on the podcast this week. You may recognize Tamira and Alex's names, too. Tamira was an early American Idol finalist, and she's an artist in her own right who has done a great deal of theater. And Alex is also a recording artist and is maybe best known for his role on Glee as Unique Adams. So here is my chat with the Once on this Island crew. (laughs) Just to start, like I would love if you could each say who you are and what your role is in the show.
1: Well, I'll start. Um, I'm Lynn Ahrens, and I wrote the book and lyrics for Once on this Island.
0: I'm Alex Newell, and I play Asaga, mother of the earth.
3: I'm Tamira Gray, and I play Papa Gay, the it- sly demon of
2: death. <laughs> I'm very scared sitting next to you right now. <laughs> Wasn't what I was expecting? <laughs> well, hey, what are you doing? it's not the Tamira I know. <laughs> Um, well, I, like so many people, I was just completely floored by the show. It was, it completely snuck off on me and was just, I, as I was leaving, I was like, it's a delight. It's just the most (laughs) delightful thing ever. Um, and I feel strange because I am someone who doesn't have a once on this island past, but I feel like for so many people, this is like, A really integral part of them growing up if they did theater Um, and so many people have memories of it from high school so I was curious to hear Alex and Tamayo what your personal stories were coming to it and Lynn just your perspective on like what a kind of phenomenon it's become over the years since the 90s when it started out.
1: Well, you know, we never know where our shows are going to end up. And you you write these things and you love them and then you hurl them into the world and hope for the best. And um, we wrote Once on this Island in 1990, so that's 27 years ago. And I know it's ter- ter- terrifying <laughs> to me too. And over the course of those years, it has not only become a... a a pretty beloved um, show, but it gets done in hundreds of schools all every year, all over the country, all over the world. It's been done in all these different languages. Um, in fact, in one of my rooms, I have a big poster from Japan with a Japanese moon and all the, <laughs> the Japanese characters. And, um, you know, to see it back in this new incarnation, uh, which is so gritty and so visceral and, and so contemporary and, you know, dare I say, it's it's so hip, you know, this, this particular production. It's just... It's, it's amazing. It, it, it has come full circle again. You know, it's just as relevant as it ever was. We still have the natural disasters and mm. storms. And we still have divisions in our on our island of Manhattan, not to mention our country of America. And, mm. um, you know, the show just seems to be really resonating and, and, and in a wonderful way. So you know, to have sort of watched it come full circle and, and you know, be its 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 creator is, is quite a treat.
2: Well, I love the idea of a Japanese two moon because it makes me think of the fact that I think one really wonderful thing about the show is how specific it is it feels very much like a Caribbean story and like done in a really respectful way but it is so universal also that you could see it transferring to other cultures yeah well.
1: it does and and, and just to I, I'll just add that I've seen a number of productions you know some of them amateur and I've seen you know the one with 86 children in the South Bronx um, and oh, I've seen that's amazing. Uh, you know I mean that's unbelievable I've, <laughs> 86 children um, there have been Catholic girls all girls schools who've done it uh, you know it's done with every ethnicity and every every color uh, and um, you know I love it that about the show is that it's so universal in that way that it, yeah
0: oh, I did this show in 2009 and I was Papa Gay I think I was like a freshman in high school and it was a community version of the show and I had already been in love with this show when I was like, I'm gonna do this, and I was gonna go in and play a soccer van, and then they were like, no, you're gonna play Papa Gay, and I was like, cool, 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 living my best life, playing Papa Gay. <laughs> I have no idea where this dark side is coming from, I'm so light, I'm so bubbly. Um, and, it's, and then it, I was one of one black people in that production. Everyone else was of every different walk of life and creed, and so it's fun. It's convenient and it's nice that you can go to the back of the libretto and see the interchangeable things where it takes it out of from race to just social classes. And Mm -hmm. I think that's very interesting because one of my favorite things to do I told Lynn this, is to go on YouTube and watch children productions of the show. Yeah. And you can see them living their best life. And it's such a great introduction for them to musical theater and theater in general, where they can literally scream at the top of their lungs and have this music and this book that relates to them, but they don't know why.
1: Yes. I, I, I just that makes me so happy to yeah. hear that. I do that too, actually. I go on YouTube and I, I watch all of these kids yeah. doing these things. It just makes me so happy. It's it's hilarious and wonderful, you know. A tiny papage would be. Tiny it's, so, it's tiny the cutest, cutest thing. thing it is they, and they take it really seriously it, they, they really get into it it's, I heard it's a great. girl
0: literally just do that glissando up and mama will provide and literally scream everything that she had thank god it was a one show one night only performance because she <laughs> with me little. I was like that's the original key? I don't even do it in that <laughs> Yes. Um,
3: for me this show this is new to me So I wasn't introduced to it um, when I was a child. And ironically, when the audition came, I was working on some research with my husband. We were putting together um, some ideas for a show that we wanted to do. And it had to do voodoo, deal with voodoo. And I happened to be outside meditating. And I didn't know how dark (laughs) I wanted to take this, the the idea, because there's this book that I was reading. And it goes really, really dark called Voodoo Dreams. And I thought, oh, you know, is society ready for that? You know, what what should I do? Anyway, so seven hours later, no lie, I get an audition to play Papa Gay. And I was like, oh, so I should take it really dark. dark. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you're saying to me.
2: People are ready for it. Yes. People have been ready for it. (laughs) Yes.
3: And it is, it's such a blessing to be a part of this. The magic that um, I was introduced in rehearsal. I went to watch the show every night of my rehearsal and I cried every day. Every day I went backstage and I was just like, whoo, you know, I don't want to scream into the mic, but I was, you know, celebrating all of the actors because they created such a magnificent peace, you know, and I felt a part of the island. I felt with mama in her garden of, of joy and, (laughs) and, and, and fantasy, um, while I was sitting in the audience. And so even now when, when, when I'm in my truck in <laughs> that moment. Like, I see the trees, and I see the birds, and I see the wind and the breeze, and it's just such a magnificent, as you said, visceral yes. experience, even, even
2: as the actor. Mm-hmm. is it? What is it like for you to go to that place as Papa Gay?
3: You know, I look at Papa Gay as consciousness. Mm. You know, when I say, I will make her choose, it's it's the gift we all get, but we don't ever really pay any attention to it until we're at those final moments of we've had all these opportunities to choose in our life what we want to do. You know, there's always, you've already done one, Mm -hmm. you know, experience the other, you know, Mm -hmm. if you're you're not happy. And so for me, um, death is just a matter of the death of the old self and the birth of consciousness into who you want to be, you Mm -hmm. know, and you can't make excuses for yourself. You have to take responsibility for where you go in your track of life. And I think that that's what, the, the story that I've created for, for Papa Gay is based off of a lot of my mom's childhood. And her childhood was very dark. And she experienced a lot of pain. And so I take that story into, um, into my story for Papa Gay and allow the makeup, the dark makeup, mm-hmm. is a mask for the pain that she experienced with her family and with her dad. And so it just allows me to create a real person so mm. it's it's more of a, um, not evil for mm-hmm. evil's sake, but just a misunderstanding of life, you know? And so I think the the makeup, and as dark as we take it, it's just the, I think what people look at as what that
2: death looks mm. like, you know, but not actually what it is. Mm-hmm. No, it's certainly more complex than just surface evil. Yeah. I, and what a unique experience to do both Papage and Asaka. <laughs> <laughs> What can I say? What was your high school Papa Gaelic? Oh, just
0: as gay as the day is long. (laughs) Oh my God! Trying let me to tell you, I was tossing, snapping, flipping everything about my life. It was so bad. I was, I'm ashamed that I even tell people the story. It was. I was in like velour red pants and like a red button down with a black T-shirt and That's black lipstick. I was like, "What is my life right now?" I can
1: see it. I can yes. see it clearly. I think I it could have been fabulous. It, it was very bad. Say that, and it was also sung
0: up the octave down oh then. My God. <laughs>
2: Oh goodness! Amazing. Well, listening to the music for the first time, I and and along with the story, I I mean this in the best way possible. I was sitting there like, how has this never been a Disney movie? <laughs> this should be a Disney movie. It's, I mean, because the, I mean, the story is just seems it is so great for kids and adults alike, and uh, the music is just like so eminently hummable and like very pop influenced it sounds like to me um so i was curious to hear your perspectives of the people singing it um like what makes the music so great to you and lynn i mean doing this in 1990 and coming into this sort of idiom of music that isn't where you come from um how did you approach that what were you listening to like how did you put yourself immersed in this like caribbean world
1: Well, you know, if Stephen Flaherty were here, which he isn't, he's doing the cha cha on the beach in Mexico right now. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. smart. Um, Very smart. Um, he would. He was listening to a bunch of world music at the time, and was very, very into you world know, music.
2: Was like a thing. In it the was 90s. a thing <laughs> in the
1: nineties, and he was really into it, and was you know learning the rhythms and the the instruments, and you know was very, very involved in that. And I um, was looking for a next project, and I found this book that it's based on. I happened to um, be in a bookstore, and I pulled a book off a, sh- a used bookshelf, and I saw this little book, and the the music. Of the show is inherent in the words of that novel it's so musical if you read it the very first lines of the book are, you know there is an island where rivers run deep that's the very first lines and i thought oh my god it's a musical so i bought it for a dollar fifty and i ran home you know and i read it in an hour and then i took a cab over to stevens and i said i have the next musical and i think um you know it's just been a a, a very uh natural flow for both of us I think in writing the show the book just told us what it wanted to be and I think Stephen had that music flowing out of him at that moment in time and and so it all kind of um you know came together in that way and I I, I'm so happy that we got to write it you know and that it that it um that we did it that we weren't afraid to do it you know and that we didn't hold ourselves back from doing it which is something we could have done I think but we we gave ourselves permission to write a beautiful story about, you know, beautiful human beings. And, um, and here we are. Here we are.
2: Well, I'm curious to hear what you two have to say. But I mean, listening to it, it doesn't sound belabored. It doesn't sound yeah. like you're trying too hard to sound authentic. Um, it does sound very natural. And I can imagine that. There could have been a burden on you to be like, oh, we don't want to sound like we're just kind of doing like music tourism here. Yeah, no,
1: no, no. It it really didn't. It didn't feel like that. It felt very emotional to us. I mean, as we wrote it, we would burst into tears a lot, you know, and (laughs) it was embarrassing, but we did. And I would dance around the living room and we acted everything out, if you can imagine. It was. Oh yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It just came out naturally, and I think that's why it doesn't sound belabored or um, phony, you know. And I also um, this this. particular production um we also have the uh a new a couple of new musical elements which are these incredible vocal arrangements Mm -hmm. these guys do so many spectacular vocals that are all woven in they're they're like musical instruments but they do it with the voice and then there are all these um, instruments that they play that are made out of trash so it gives this very authentic island you know homemade feeling it's Mm -hmm. like people making beauty after a disaster that's kind of the concept of the production and i think all of that lends to its authenticity and and um i just i just wanted to um Uh, mentioned that way back when in 1990, we did it at a little off-Broadway theater first called Playwrights Horizons, and um, it got great reviews, and, you know, it was this teeny-weeny little theater, and all of a sudden, all these people from Hollywood flew in, including, I think, like, Jeffrey Katzenberg, I don't know who it was. It was all these bigwigs from Disney flew in on the night that the air conditioning broke. So we were on this hot little... That's that's why the air (laughs) conditioning broke at the gym when we were there. that's Yes, it's, you know, yeah and so and they came in to see you know if they could make a movie out of it and at the time they didn't think it would ever be a movie but the, as the show has you know grown up and and sort of evolved to now it, it does feel like it wants to be something i think but you know who knows are you I'm out glad there glad i was at least thinking you were you it were it's very cuz it's I very I like visual. someone
2: has to have one of the rights to this at some point
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's happened when somebody came to us and they wanted to make it with caribbean all the characters were going to be Car- some little caribbean animal that lives in the trees down in the caribbean and there was going to be whatever this little animal was—a Timoon animal—and this, and we huh. said, "We don't think so. Huh. Probably not. No." no. Me. Yeah, that
2: feels like it could go in, yeah. idea, icky direction.
1: direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: it's a great concept, but we'll pass. <laughs> so, but what about for the two of you? I'm sorry, we went down. Oh, a I, there.
0: <laughs> the music itself is mind blowing, mm-hmm. um, and there's such a continuity with it all, and how each song just complements the next song. I live my best life during We Dance. I don't know why. I think that's the number that it's literally bringing everyone in and getting them prepped for this journey that they're going on. And then they don't know what the ending is whatsoever because we've literally lifted them this high that they're just like, oh, this is going to be a great show. And Just the orchestra, I fell in love with. I think I broke my CD of Once in This Island. And just the orchestration and how it went with the lyrics and the storytelling behind the actors doing it all. Getting to do that eight shows a week is absolutely a blessing in itself, only because. There's a special connection with it. And then I appreciate what I'm singing and what I'm doing musically at the same time, which sometimes you don't often get. You don't get to appreciate what you're singing. You're like, I have to sing this song today.
1: <laughs> I, have
0: to, I have to sing this song. I get on stage and I'm like, I'm honored that I get to sing this song today because it's filling me as a musician first and then an actor second.
1: It's so great. <laughs> the right
3: <places. laughs> all the right places. It's
0: just—it's that—that's what this show does. Um It may, and it's ninety minutes. I mean, you—you you don't beat that. Mm-hmm. You don't beat that whatsoever. But it's just musically, it's genius, and musically, it's respected because of how well crafted it all is. And as a musician first and a singer, I mean, it's not like I'm out there screaming. I mean, I am out there screaming to the rafters. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like—it's not one of those really really it's a complex musical and it's very hard but it's not like I'm out there doing Lloyd Webber screaming up at the top of my range every night right. and be like mm, I must call out soon <laughs> <laughs> <gasps> oh, six months mm. I got that in me no that's that's what we appreciate and that's what really brings everybody in especially now with this production and the vocal orchestrations by Anne Marie I mean dear god I felt like I was reading Japanese when they handed me my score in front of me I was just like so you want me to learn what because I can't and then we'd be learning it and then she'd look at me and she's like you got it and I'd be like I hate you (laughs) so much, but then to like have that come in, because when I came in, I was like, I know this show, I don't need this musical rehearsal, what is this musical rehearsal nonsense? I know the score, which line do you want me to sing? I know all of them, and then I got there, and I was just like, this is nothing that I know.
1: <laughs> it's really hard. It's really, it's really hard, really musical. but hard. it yep.
0: complemented yes. everything about it, and then it correlates sometimes, because I was listening to Rain, Um as I was driving one day, and just to hear the trumpet line in Rain, and then I'm like, what? That's exactly what I sing yes. in Rain. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's how meshed, it's perfect, it's just, it's it's stunning. I'm, I'm done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and
3: I have nothing to add to that. <laughs> I'm done. I agree, wholeheartedly. <laughs> I love the fact that I get to sit and watch you oh. every single day singing Mama Will Provide. Oh God. I mean there I, I think the how they've 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 switched the genders is absolutely brilliant. And I love being in the belly of the beast, <laughs> you know, and getting to sing the low stuff, which is something that I don't normally do. Yeah. But, you know, just the way everybody is the instruments in the yeah. show mm-hmm. you know they, there's no separation you're the instruments the instruments become the birds the instruments become the wind the yeah. instruments become the story but you don't the audience doesn't realize no. that you know like there was only four instruments actually playing drums guitar bass and yeah, keyboard. piano keyboard Key. and then everything else that you hear are voices and i think that that's part of the ethereal Of the show that transports you in because you're not taken away, you're not separate from the stage, you're not, there's not a space from the orchestra to the stage, you're all in it. So Mm -hmm. when the sun shines and you say the sun's glistening on my shoulder, yes, it is, it It really is, you know, and everybody sees it.
2: And I feel like that also drives home the sort of blurring of boundaries between the natural and spirit and human worlds that's like such a big part of the story that it just, I mean, the music reflects that perfectly.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. (laughs)
2: That's part of it. Well, I I was going to say that the two of you both have huge solo moments in the show, so I was... Love to hear about how you make that happen every night, particularly you. (laughs) But every day I'm in awe. But it's also (laughs) that one. How do you prepare for a whole theater standing on its feet every night for you? Oh God, But, but but I mean also like conversely I feel like it is a very communal spirit kind yeah. of show Absolutely. like you have your moments and when you're gone we sort of miss you and wish you would come back and do it again <laughs> but it also just really feels like an ensemble show in a big way
1: and everybody has a step out I mean there's yes, not yeah. one person who yeah. does everybody has every last out. person has a little step out or a big step out but yeah. you know they get featured yeah. whether it's a dance or a you know a, 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 la- flute a playing? Uh, yes yes, yes. Somebody's flute fl- somebody one practice. of the yeah, yes it really we, we tried really hard to give every because we have a, a cast of stars, every last person is a star in that company. I say
0: that all the it's time. It's true. Every from the top to the top, yes. everyone is a star in this mm-hmm. show. I mean, I walk into that women's ensemble dressing room sometimes, just like I feel inferior because there's so much talent just stacked in this just, one room. That let me just yes. go really fast <laughs> to my little dressing room. <laughs> but uh, vocally, this it's great. Um, I sing the tenor line which I've never done in my life everybody and I think that's really what saved me like through the show Um, because I can warm up throughout the entire show and then get to my little pop-ups and then scream to the rafters and be like great now I get to
1: warm back down singing tenor again yeah (laughs) yeah Tenor being low for you. Tenor's always low for you. Yeah, me. I mean, that's the highest guy key, but that's low for him, yeah. Like, so it gives his voice a rest. Yeah,
0: it, It's just it's literally taking my larynx and shoving it into my stomach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about that. Just down. I'm like, down. Oh, great, love it. But
0: um, that that's, that's really what's saving me, and I, I just, I love it. I do, I think that's what's, I, I haven't called out yet. Knock on all of the wood. He's You've been gone. on. You
1: know, I, with, through the flu. Through the stomach
0: flu. Through, through the, everything. Everything. Yes. everything, Water, wind, rain, sand, <laughs> injuries. But it's, I think my love for my craft and this show in general is really just like keeping me here. And there are days where I'm just like, I actually have to go and sing this song and yeah. I have to do it well. <laughs> but then the bigger part of it is, I love this Ensemble that I get to work with, mm-hmm. I love each and every last one of them. It's so rare; it is so rare that you get to walk into work and respect and love each and every person that you work with. It's it's especially as an actor, yeah. that is one of the hardest things because there's always going to be one person that you just want to slap and punch in the face, oh. no matter what. <laughs> but I, and even welcoming Tamira and Norman. They came in so seamlessly, and they just fit. And I respect you more than you'll ever know, and I respect Norm more than he'll ever know. And it's just, I'm grateful as just this little 25 year old coming in and making their Broadway debut. <laughs> the <butt.
2: laughs> <laughs> I have
3: said you but <laughs> my whole ever best, in life. Oh, stop! Mine's a butt.
2: <laughs> And I mean it must feel really welcoming for you too coming in as the new person. Oh my to gosh. Have that kind of it group. is.
3: It's an honor. It's an honor. I am humbled. I am grateful. Every day I just I can't say it enough. Like my spirit is full my my beingness is full, and my family's still in California, so you know to be separate from them and to be here and to be in such a loving family because it's not it's not a cast, it's a family mm-hmm. and it was very intimidating to to step in because I saw the family, and I saw that oh, you're come, you're the outsider coming <laughs> in. How are they gonna you know react and respond and it's been very warm and very loving and and I feel a part of it and I just I just soak each day is new and I soak it up every day mm.
2: every day. Well, this is this is happening in a theater that's a really intimate space and quite unusual for a Broadway theater. Um and I know the two of you have sung in kind of every context possible like film, TV, also stage and you know, I know that it's all different, but kind of having experienced all of that, what is special about being in a space like this which really is more akin to like an off-Broadway space yeah, than very a much so. big Broadway stage. Yeah,
3: I have been wanting to sing in a round, and to lose the fourth wall, <laughs> and to interact with the audience in a theater setting forever. Yeah, because I feel like one of the things I feel that separate performers from. Um, patrons is always the stage Mm -hmm. you know you can't touch them you can't you they can't look at you they can't you know you unless you're singing pop you know then you can be your own person but I feel like for theater it's such an immersive thing and everybody loses their soul and opens their heart to to the experience that you want to be able to every night at the end of um why we tell the story. I'm always close enough to somebody to grab their hand as they're, as they're crying and to say, this is, this is, thank you. Thank you for opening to us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being a part of this journey because I feel that the journey is healing. We say that at the end, you know, and, and it's, it's necessary. So I love it, especially in a time where we're at with what we're going on in the world. Everybody needs that connection. Everybody's yeah. looking for that connection with one another to recognize and to accept that we're not separate. We are each one in the same, we are one race, we are one people, and we cannot make it in this life without each other.
1: And so I love love the unity of it all.
2: I feel so heartwarmed. Yeah, <laughs> you, see, you
1: sit in that theater. It's it, when when Michael Arden first came to us to ask whether he could do this show or not. We, you know, had several meetings with him, and he said, "I want to do it in the round." And we said, "Well, that sounds fabulous, but there's only one theater in New York that you could do it in. Do you have Plan B when that theater's not available?" And, and he said, "No," and he got that theater. And you know, you sit there, and you can when you're sitting in the audience, which I do, watching these brilliant people. I can see the audience across the way, and I can see them reacting, and I can see them crying and gasping and applauding, and it's just so, it's like you're around a campfire or something being told this wonderful story. It's its just a great space. I love it in there.
0: It's, excuse <clears throat> me. It's great because as soon as you take your seat in the, the theater, you open yourself and you become one with everybody that's on that stage. We're all one body. In going on this journey together, and it's a safe place for everybody because mm-hmm. we're bearing our souls, and that's giving you the assurance that you can bear your soul at yes, the same time. That's right. You, it's it's cathartic, mm-hmm. which is definitely needed right now. Everyone needs to have a cathartic moment and a a moment of unity because we're all so divided. And if this power pole that shoots up at the end of the show shows us that we're all one and we all have this journey and this story to tell. That's all that anybody on that stage can ask for. Mm -hmm.
2: I I couldn't say it better. Well, Tamara, you were mentioning the sort of similarities between this and being in a pop environment. And this podcast is really about how close the pop and musical theater worlds are becoming these days.
0: Closer and Uh, closer and
2: and closer. (laughs) So I'm just curious whether you know you see parallels between the music here and what you would sing in a more pop environment cuz i mean it does have that kind of sound to me
3: it is definitely something that i am exploring more of um i love telling stories through song mm-hmm. um i don't i feel like my own personal journey it, music it gives you freedom to open as you said in a safe space you know most people don't want to reveal their their private, mm-hmm. you know, they're private selves it, through conversation. But if you're listening to a story and you're hearing the music, the music kind of eases its way to your heart, and you say, "Oh, okay, I'm in it, I'm there." And then you can take it a little further with the next song, and then a little further with the next song. And by the time you get to, say, uh, what is it, my, the first one, "Forever Yours," uh-huh. you're, you're 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 caught off guard because you've safely been. Uh, I can't find the words right now. Um, you've been safely carried down this road, yeah. mm-hmm. so you're open to it, unaware. So it's not an intrusion on your spirit, but it catches you to where you're like, "Oh, wait a second. I, 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 I'm disarmed." Yeah. You know. So in that disarming, you release a part of pain that you might have been going through un-unaware, un, 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 mm-hmm. unbeknownst mm-hmm. to you. Um, and then it's healing as the journey continues, you know. With uh, what's after that? With the bundum um,
0: the satell was on.
3: Satel, and then yeah. mama. You know, now you're celebrating. You've released the pain, and there's celebration again. And then human heart is a is amending. It it's is almost a mending. like the suturing of, of of a wound. And then we just continue to take. And I believe if when when music is able to open the heart space, music is the universal language of the the universe. And so I love being able to take that journey. And I love when pop is able to take that journey and it's not just one dimensional all the time. You know, so.
0: I love, oh, death. (coughs) Just all of that in my throat. I got a show with you apparently. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Pop musical theater, in my world right now, they're synonymous. I mean, you have... Um, Benj and Justin I don't know what they go by pa-
2: Passing and ball. there I it is pass. I'm like my friends
0: <laughs> you have Dear Evan Hansen which is as pop musical theater as it gets and then you have them with The Greatest Showman which I'm just like my it's what it's wonderful and it's still hand in hand musical theater because it's so mainstream that everyone loves it that you could still hear these songs on the radio right now and we haven't seen something like that for the longest of time what was the lo- i think it was was on Broadway and it was a single at the same time and I forgot the last time that happened but it was like 40 years ago
1: or something like yeah, that I mean, no, it doesn't ago. happen it doesn't happen unless it's a jukebox exactly musical. although I re-
2: as we, I recently learned at Billboard there is a dance club remix of Waving Through Yeah Rondo. there is <laughs> oh. there is <laughs> yes that's like it was number oh one on the dance songs chart for yeah, like beat me, a hot fine. minute yeah. um no
0: <laughs> <laughs> but and then you have Hamilton which is Enough said. It's Hamilton, which literally brought hip hop and Broadway mashed them together, and you have this vehicle that probably won't close for the next three decades. So, it's it's really just breathing a new life in back into theater that makes it popular, so that we can take the risk to make actually good theater still. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the best. and good pop songs <laughs> and great pop songs i feel like we're missing so, like we have this everything's the same mm-hmm. i listen to the radio and i'm just like i have to turn all of this off because it all sounds the same every last song it's just like some little girl screaming to the at the brink of her existence mm-hmm. the brink of her existence and i'm just like great and so you do that live no you don't but it's it i'm all for making the mistakes to then go forward to make something completely beautiful. And I think musical theater and pop coming together is something that will really challenge the music industry in general.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with that.
0: I do. (laughs) Because think about it. It's just, we as performers in musical theater, we do this eight shows a week, and we've gone through all of the training in life to make sure that this, this little dime that lays in the middle of our throat is pristine at all times. And We have such phenomenal writers and creators that can do anything and come up with an idea and write a song out of like nothing and have orchestrations with it and have it thoughtful and it will last and stand the test of time. And so you'll go back 30 years from now and be like oh my god this song is still great and it's catchy and I think that's what we need I don't know if we can do that with a lot of the songs that we have in my own generation even my own music sometimes I'm just like this isn't timeless and I think we need we need to be be, sorry we need to go back to an era where music is actually timeless
3: That and you can—it's a whole album. Yeah, it's not just a single.
0: Yeah, you know, so you get to you get
3: to press play, and you're playing yeah. it for the whole, the whole story. forty-five yes, minutes right. or hour, ninety minutes, and you're enjoying it. You know, whereas now it's ninety-nine cents. Let me just listen to the minutes. song. Three minutes—that's that's right. all I
2: have the attention span yeah. for. Boom. That's
0: all they have the attention span to record the song to.
2: Yeah. No, I never thought of it that way, but I mean, a good musical is like an album. It is. Yeah, it it is. should take you from beginning to yeah. end as like one coherent thing. Yeah. yeah you guys are so smart mm-hmm. my god well now I'm like now I'm having this dream where post once on this island the two of you do Hamilton <laughs> <I just laughs> see both of you hold doing on hold memory.
1: on wait I'll a minute be and Peggy <laughs> and, will be...
3: and
0: Peggy
3: uh, I want to I want to be
1: Lafayette oh go for it
3: <laughs> oh my god I love do. the idea of a female <laughs>
0: Lafayette <laughs> need a little bit of a break my, my little skirt's a little heavy <laughs> so it's just and Peggy I'm gonna go sit
2: down now <laughs> Amazing. I'm ready for it. Well, thank you so much, you guys. It was great to have you here. Thanks for
0: having
1: us.
2: Once on This Island is playing at the Circle in the Square Theater on Broadway now. And if I had to bet on shows you would want to see before this year's Tony's, I would say this is one you should get into. If you're a fan of Billboard on Broadway, please subscribe on iTunes, give us lots of stars and nice reviews if you're a fan, and we'll hope to have you back next week. Blah, 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 blah.